On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we go through the Week 15 playoff mailbag where we talk about the underrated Ryan Tannehill, the possibly now overrated Jalen Hurts, and which rookie running backs can you trust for the playoffs. Also, a lot of people are terrible at best man speeches. We go through that too. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is from Nick. Nick. When lightning strikes, it flows from the cloud to the ground, but the part that we see is actually the charge going from the ground back up into the cloud. I knew that. Really? Whoa. Yes. Whoa. I uh, I don't know when. I must have learned that in school, but yeah, I always knew that the lightning we saw was it going back up. All right, well, this blew my mind. DK, did this blow your mind? I've heard this before, but I still don't understand it. I don't get how it works. Glad you asked, because I have NOAA.gov and <laughs> up the National Severe Storms Lab, and it says, cloud to ground lightning comes from the sky down, but the part you see comes from the ground up. A typical cloud to ground flash lowers a path of negative electricity that we cannot see, I don't know what that means, towards the ground in a series of spurts. <laughs> I love the word spurts on a government website. Objects on the ground generally have a positive charge under a typical thumbstorm, and basically it just shoots up because opposites attract. I don't really know what that means, but that blew my my doors off. Interesting. So it's not, you know, lightning in the first half. Nothing great. Half comes alive on the way back. They had us in the first half. They had us in the first half. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, (laughs) oh, great. We have a thunderous mailbag episode for you today. Oh, boy. All right. Going to catch lightning in the right. bottle. I was, I was wondering it's, how you It's not exactly germane that. to the mailbag, but it is an adjective that connects. It wasn't my finest. Before we get into the sit starts and everything about our mailbag, can we just talk about the Lamar Jackson poop incident? Yeah. Do you guys think that he pooped his pants, <laughs> like he was going to poop his pants or that he was cramping? I, be- I actually believe I he, he was, was cramping. cramping. Yeah. I think it's funnier the idea that he went in to take a dump, though. Oh, it's great. It's great for, as Darren Ravel would say, terrible for the country, great for country. <laughs> but um, if you guys have played high school sports, college sports, whatever, I mean, it is rare that you have to take a number two in the middle of playing sports. Like your body usually just doesn't allow it. Like something's right. really got to be going well, it's, wrong. It's rare, but it's not like impossible. The fight or flight thing takes over. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. You get all stopped up. That's like evolution at work. Right, yeah, like you don't have to go. Like if you, if you have to go to the bathroom and then a burglar breaks into your house, like you don't have to go to the bathroom anymore. I feel like though, like the pregame, the nerves though can have 
It, oh, can, yeah. it can make things happen in, in your body. Yeah, the pregame number twos are, are <laughs> abundant. That's really how they should evaluate quarterbacks. They should just kind of like deal with like the pregame rituals and just kind of observe. And then I think that that is really how you can test their metal, right? Because that's what you see what they're made of. I always find it interesting when you hear about celebrities that get nervous before going on stage. Bill Hader used to throw up before going on SNL every week. Sounds Isn't lovely. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a, like a, like that sounds like a huge problem. But the thing is, you see him on stage; he looks incredibly comfortable. He's so talented; it's 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 very bizarre. Kristen Wiig has like major stage fright. She hates speaking in front of crowds. That's that's so bizarre. What? Okay, this actually just reminds me of something from my high school days. And I, believe me, I'm not like saying back in the day when I was so good at sports. But um, but but tell us about back in the day when you were good in sports. My first varsity game in high school basketball. It was against the Crosstown Rivals, and it was like this crazy packed gym, like thousands of people in there. And I got so nervous that I completely forgot the plays. Like, I could not remember our plays, even though we've practiced them like a thousand <laughs> times. Got on the court, and they're like, they're calling the plays. And I was like, I don't know where to go. I literally forgot what I was doing, and I got yanked after like 30 <laughs> seconds of the game. It was bad. I, I remembered eventually, like in that game, it was just like the first. The pre, they're the the very early game jitters. I completely like lost my memory. What was your game akin to? Who, who were you? Yeah, who's your doppelganger? Oh, I don't even know. I was a three, like a Ooh. wing, spot up shooter, slasher. Oh, slasher and a shooter. Like I, I was like the type of player that doesn't have a mid range shot. It was either a three or a layup. So I was ahead. I was you like were basically ahead of your time. <laughs> I was ahead of my time, pretty much. You like a so. little Robert Covington or something? Okay, <laughs> sure. Wow, yeah, DK Roko. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Well, DK, you're still ahead of your time. And speaking Thank ahead you. of time, we're going to get ahead of time. We're going to get ahead of people's lineups this week. It's Wednesday. We're going to do some start sits and including yep. just general mailbag questions, which it's really, really should change the name of this. It's an inbox. I, I don't know who has a mailbag anymore. It's a nostalgia. Yeah, right. I guess. Yeah. All right, I guess we got to throw back to something here, but we're going to go through. So let's just start with quarterbacks because we got a lot of questions about people with quarterback issues specifically. It's a tough one this week. It's tough. We got an email. Let's start with this one. Hi, this is Jack. Just wanted to say I love all y'all. Y'all are hilarious. I've never listened to the show, but I assume. <laughs> did, you, did you tweet this out? Jack this on the show. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> never listened to the show. Well, he better or else he's not going to hear the answer to this because we're not tweeting at him. Uh, he says, I have been riding Pat Mahomes like a 25 cent horse ride on the outside of a Kroger to a playoff berth in my league. <laughs> I got a very strong visual on that. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering what week, if at all, should I bench Pat Mahomes? I have Ryan Tannehill on my bench, and he's warming up on the sideline ready to rock. What week do I make the switch? And then we also got another email from a guy named John asking, do you he play Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill this week? So, DK, is this absolutely insane? I mean, it's not insane, but I'm not going to advocate for you to sit Patrick Mahomes. I think you start Patrick Mahomes, especially if you've been riding him like a 25-cent horse ride on the outside of Kroger. Yeah, no, I would say don't get cute. This is kind of that situation. I love Tannehill, and actually I want to get into Tannehill a little bit here. But no, I, I would not say based on the matchup or anything like that. Mahomes has basically been matchup proof his you know the last two seasons. He's just so good. That offense is so good. And personally, just for me, I'm not going to be... I, I'm not the type of person that would be like, oh... There's, he's supposed to get like 21 points versus Tannehill's supposed to get 22. Like, no, I'm just going to stick with Mahomes, who's the best football player on the planet. Feel good about it. 
What if you have Tannehill, but you don't have Mahomes, but Tannehill's playing him? Like, how good is Tannehill? That's the point. No one seems to be able to figure this out. Right. Tannehill's pretty high on my rankings. I, I'd have, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually, based on what we saw from Lamar in this last game, I would have Lamar of him. I would have, I think, Josh Allen. And I would still probably have Kyler Murray above him. Russ. Where I start to get, where I start to waver is like Russell Wilson range. Because, wow. I, you know, that's that's kind of the range where I'm like, okay, do I want to start Tannehill? Do I want to start Wilson? What about Rodgers? No, I'm starting Rodgers. Rodgers is balling out right now. He's out of his mind. Good. Um, but I guess the idea, the point I want to talk about, I want to use this as an, an opportunity just to talk about how good Tannehill is. Because I've been, Craig right now is doing a dynasty draft for uh, the 2021 season, essentially. And I talked him into taking Ryan Tannehill. I think, what was it, the third or second round? This is a super flex league. Right, so you can have two QBs. So I took Russ in the first round, DK Metcalf in the second, and I took Tannehill in the third. And, you know, you, you looked him up and he was 32 years old. I think I think the biggest knock on Tannehill is that he played for Adam Gase and was not good for like four or five years. And no one will ever get that yeah. out of their head and refuse to believe that he's good. You can't let go of the anchoring that Tannehill is not good and or that he's just like in this run-heavy offense, neither of which are true. He's good, man. And it is, it is a little bit of like a run-centric offense. Obviously, their offense is based on uh, Derrick Henry and running the ball and all that. But I want to give you guys a little bit of info on, on Tannehill just from a, first from a football perspective, then on like a fantasy perspective. In 2020, his 28 touchdown passes ranked sixth. He's thrown just five picks. He has a 6.9% touchdown rate. That's third in the NFL. Um, he's averaging 8.0 yards per attempt. That's sixth. He has 108 pass rating, sixth, 76.6 QBR, which is fifth. So he's basically a, a top six quarterback in every conceivable rank uh, metric. He also is first in both fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives, which to me says he's more than just a guy who can play with you know a lead. He's not just like a game manager who can play with the lead. Like, he can come in and sling the ball when he needs to, and he has this year. And overall, in, in 23 starts with the team, this is going back to 2019, he has 50 touchdowns, his eighth most. He has 112 pass rating, second best. His 8.6 yards per attempt is best. It's even better than Mahomes. His yards per attempt is higher than Mahomes? Yes. For this season or over since he became a starter? In 2019 and 2020 combined. Either way. So basically what I'm trying to do is get it out of your head that Tannehill is like some game manager guy, like a veteran that they're just plugging in. Like, dude is balling out. He's a legitimately really good quarterback. Would you rat him like a five-cent horse out of, outside of Kroger? <laughs> yes. I have a lot. I have, I have maybe more faith in him than most people probably. He's been the QB9 this year. In points per game over the last month, he's been the QB nine. Since week seven, he's been the QB nine. He's very like cons he's very like uh, consistent. Every week, he's just the QB nine. Yeah, you know what's great about Tannehill is his team is young. He's got two great young receivers. He's got the best running back in the league. He's got a young tight end. He's got a great play caller in Arthur yeah. Smith. Yeah, the future's bright. I don't know what it. I guess it's the thirty two thing that's kind of like holding people back. But actually, I brought this up with Heifetz last night. If you go look at Steve Young's career, it's astounding. Like, the oh dude yeah, did you not showed do me this. This was this nuts. blew my mind. He did not do anything in his career until he was thirty years old in the NFL. Um, That's crazy. And then he went on to have like a Hall of Fame career. So I don't know, man. I just think you got to get some of the preconceived biases or or whatever out of your mind and just accept the fact that Tannehill is awesome. <laughs> so so the takeaway here, Ryan Tannehill is Steve Young. Lock it in. Ryan Tannehill Hall yeah. of Famer. That's the takeaway here? Well, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Maybe Taysom Hill is Steve Young. There's some, there's some, there's some parallels there. No. 
Okay. Okay. That was good. Okay. So I'm glad we did that because we got a lot of emails about Tannehill. The other person we got a lot of emails about at the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts. We got quite a few. I think one fairly representative one is someone wrote in asking Kyler Herbert or Hurts for this week. And we also got a question of Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, or Tom Brady. I think that's probably going a little too far. But DK, how do you feel about Hurts going into this game and then just the next two weeks? I guess the context is like Watson's been struggling and his in his weaponry around him has definitely been <laughs> diluted with all these injuries and and suspensions and things. Um, but to me, I, I still love Watson, even though he's going up against a good defense. So I'm sticking with Watson. Yeah. The- just just by a hair over Hurts, even though I do have a lot of faith in Hurts. But what about Kyler? Because this is the Oklahoma ball. This is 2019 Sooners quarterback against 2018 Sooners quarterback. There's no world you should be. I don't. I don't think you should be benching Kyler for Jalen no, Hurts. Right? I'm going with Kyler. Well, the wrinkle in this is there's a there's a third quarterback in both questions here. There's Kyler Herbert or Hurts. So I think we both agree that Hurts is not starting in either of these questions. He's been fun, but like he played one game, he scored 19 points. Probably not going to start him. So the question is really Kyler or Herbert and Brady and, and Watson. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Kyler. So Kyler over Herbert. What are you doing to Sean or Brady? Brady's playing Atlanta. Brady's been kind of good. He's been the QB seven of the last five weeks. Yeah, it's so tough. I guess Brady. I guess Brady by a hair. Can I ask a real question? Do you think, what are the odds that you think the Texans played like shit against the Bears because that Sports Illustrated story dropped where they just shredded the Houston Texans work environment under Jack Easterby? (laughs) I don't know if that had anything to do with it. No. You think morale was just so low they couldn't get up for the game? I mean, it literally opened up with the Houston Texans. Sports Illustrated, I think Greg Bishop reported out, literally it started with the Texans players have been following their front office leadership like it's Game of Thrones, and they refer to Jack Easterby, who is the interim GM, as Littlefinger. (laughs) This all becomes public, and then they lose 36 (laughs) to 7 like three days later. I'm just throwing it out there, and I'm wondering if maybe they'll... Decent point. (laughs) I'm just saying maybe like they'll play a little bit better against the Colts this week with that pass them. That's all. So I'd, it's a long way of saying I would take Deshaun over Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. Should we do a name game just real quick with Hurts, though? I'm gonna, I'll ask you guys these. And so just to be clear, Jalen Hurts playing Arizona. Would you guys start Jared Goff going up against the Jets over Hurts? Yes, emphatically so. God, I don't know if I would. I don't trust the Jets. Goff. I know it's the Jets. The other thing I want to point out while we're talking about Hurts and. Uh, I saw this on Twitter, and I apologize. I don't have it in front of me, but his 18 uh, rush attempts this last only he he and Lamar are the only two quarterbacks in like the last six years with that many rush attempts in a game. So it was rare for a quarterback to run that much. So just keep that in mind. I mean, it's the the rushing floor is absurd with Jalen. So I think I would do Goff. I'm starting him over. I'm starting Jalen Hurts over Goff. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What about Philip Rivers against Houston? Oh, I, I I think I'd start Jalen Hurts there, actually. What about Ben Roethlisberger against Cincinnati? Craig, you answer that because you're the Steelers fan. How you feel, How are we feeling right now about, uh, about Roethlisberger? I agree with what Bill said on his pod. I think they're literally trying to keep him upright until the playoffs. <laughs> and that's why <what> <laughs> like, I, I don't think they're going to be as... Weekend at Bernie's. ...actually get to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's the slowest player in the NFL. He probably oh is. God. I think I would take Ben. I think I'm going Hurts. I'm going Hurts. Because watching Ben hurts. No, I would I would go Jalen Hurts. What about Derek Carr against the Chargers? Carr has been going off lately. It's the only thing that makes me pause here. No, I would go with Hurts. I would go with Hurts as well. I think I would too. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'd like Hertz. Yeah, at some point. We like Hertz. Right. I think we're we're very bullish on Hertz, but not not ridiculous. Like we're not benching. Deshaun. If you have a low end quarterback, you can consider Jalen Hurts, and don't get too cute if you have one of the top eight or nine guys. I think that's what it comes down to. Speak. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Another question we have. This is from Carter. He says, "I have Russell Wilson this week, and I'm wondering what to do since he hasn't performed too well against strong defenses. Is there a waiver ad like Trubisky or Lock to Drew Lock too risky?" Yes, yes, it's too risky. Why are we? <laughs> I think. <laughs> why are we so, even yeah. entertaining this question? Why don't we even read this? Is it though? What do you mean? I have a real world situation that I have to decide on: Russell Wilson or Tua. This Russell week. Wilson. What are you talking about? I'm going to put Russell Wilson in, but I have actually been thinking about it. That's why I think this is a valid question. It is a valid question. I, I think this is insane. I would hate to spend the rest of the offseason being like, "Why the fuck did I start Trubisky?" <laughs> you yeah, know what you I mean? can't. Like, Mitch Trubisky's been the QB eight on points per game. You cannot play Mitchell Trubisky over Russell Wilson in the fantasy playoffs. They're playing the team that you contend is the best defense in the NFL. I understand, but it's like, but but I, <laughs> you don't understand how much I hate Mitchell Trubisky. I love the idea that Trubisky is playing well enough to earn another season or earn no, a big no, contract. No, he's not. He's not. He's no. I would stop. What are, what is wrong with all of you? <laughs> It's just interesting. It's interesting. That's all I'm going to say. The Trubisky conversation is interesting. It's like that Seinfeld clip. Is it so sane that it just blew your mind? <laughs> Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? <laughs> it's impossible. Is it? Or is it so possible that your head is spinning like a top? <laughs> it can't be. Can it? Or is your entire world just crashing down all around you? All right, that's enough. Kramer would start Trubisky. No, no, that, no. Although we, I do want that drop in this episode, though. But <laughs> the this conversation was like a shot of the cheapest rail tequila. I've and I, I want to chase it right now. So let's let's let's. This is an email from Jake. If you had to start an expansion franchise, and the mascot had to be a non-sports related mascot. Who are you picking? This is an unbelievable question, first of all. Wait, I'm an idiot. Is this to play or is this to be the mascot? Or are they going to play? To be the mascot. Oh, the mascot. I thought it was going to have to be to play football. So it's like we're starting the, the Portland team. What's your mascot? I would do the Monopoly guy and we're the billionaires. What about that big-ass polar bear from Icy? That thing's cool. Oh, he wears shades. That. Ooh, I like that. Oh, the Coca-Cola one? Oh, no, the Clydesdales. I want the Clydesdales from Bud Light. What about the peacock? Just peacocking it from NBC? <laughs> you want the NBC peacock? That's the, the most sellout corporate about? answer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you about? talking about? I'm trying to find... What are you... Okay, like, how about... Tony the Tiger is... If we have to draft, Tony the Tiger's first I thought who are you going to have play for you of the mascots? Who are you going to play football Mr. for Mr. Clean. You? I was going to say no. Mr. Clean. I'm parking Kool-Aid Man at D-Tackle. You know what I just thought of? <laughs> The, the Quaker oatmeal guy. <laughs> He's a pacifist. Yeah. He's a Quaker. <laughs> he doesn't got to play football. Captain Crunch at QB. Toucan Sam at receiver and slot. Going up the seam. What's the what's the Pillsbury, the, the Doughboy? What about that one? Yeah, That'd Pillsbury Doughboy. Well, you're literally a soft, you don't have a soft team? <laughs> what are you talking the about? The Portland Doughboys. That's fun. <laughs> the, honestly, Michelin Man at like tight end is, is interesting. Ooh, there we go. Oh, you know what it is? What's that Shantex, the turkey who stops smoking? I think I want him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quick cold turkey. All right, let's you move on. You can have Pac-Man. That'd be fun. Let's just move on. This is a disaster.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Running backs, Brian Shim emailed. He had actually who said in the uh, one of a fun fact. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon, Jeff Wilson. Pick three of those dudes. So this guy's got all the rookies. So basically, it's rookie running backs. Let's just throw DeAndre Swift here for fun. Like we basically just ranked the rookies this week because we were talking about how the rookies were very trustable in the beginning of the year. Now we can't trust them. DeAndre Swift is maybe trustable. Cam Akers is maybe trustable. Like, which of these guys do you trust? I think Jonathan Taylor clearly is number one here. And then mm-hmm. the rest, it's like, what do you do with Clyde, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, et cetera? Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins against Jacksonville, I feel like you have to start. He is still getting the most carries. I mean, Mark Ingram is basically not on the team anymore. It's basically Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar. I think the biggest question going into these final two weeks is if you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, one, they're playing the Saints. He had a bad week last week-ish. Clyde is so weird because if you look at his stats, like if you look at his whole season, it's like really consistent. Like it's pretty much 10 to 15 points every single game. But for some reason, I think nobody thinks he's good. Like it's, he gets 11, 12 points in the worst way. He doesn't have like 100 rushing yards. He has like four catches for 38 yards, 15 carries for 40 yards. And he like just limps to 12 points. But against the Saints (laughs) this week, like DK, Do you think this is finally the week when you should sit Clyde? In a vacuum, no. I don't think you need to sit Clyde. But if I was picking out of this group, my instinct is Taylor, Akers, and Dobbins, actually, which is kind of surprising because I've I've been a big CEH guy this whole season. But the volume and the production that those three guys have had, like Akers had 29 carries last week. I don't know if we can 100% trust that he's going to do that again and he's going to get fed or whatever, but like you can't ignore that. Dobbins is is if you base if, if you look at what he did in this last game against the Browns, he was clearly the lead back in snaps and, and and all that touches and everything. And so I think I think I would lean Taylor Akers Dobbins and then Ceh would be next. But any combination really of those rookie running backs, I feel like pretty strongly that I actually agree with DK's order. The, the Cam Akers thing, Sean McVay said so two weeks ago. Cam Akers had a good game, and Cam Akers told reporters like I want. You know, you just I it's easier to get for me when I get in a rhythm. And then this week he had the the twenty nine carries or whatever. And then he said and someone asked him about it and he said, Yeah, I guess Sean heard me or whatever. And so while McVeigh kind of denied that he would just feed him like, you know, the feature back, I do think there's a middle ground where it's not quite like the randomness of the hot hand, but he's also not going to be like Derrick Henry. But I I would not be surprised if Cam is the lead guy there and it it just becomes a two thirds him, one third everyone else. And it's going up against the Jets again, which is yeah that too, which should be enough, right? Can we can we do one quick question here? If you had to pick one rookie running back for Dynasty, who is it? Jonathan Taylor. 
this was a huge, huge question coming to the season, and it basically came down to CEH or Jonathan Taylor. I was in the CEH camp, but I think I probably would go Taylor at this point. It's close, though. I still love Dobbins, too, honestly. Oh, no. It, it, it's never going to be Dobbins as long as Lamar is, like, is, is vulture yeah. and running back. I think the dark horse is... One, I mean, Cam Akers is kind of a big dark horse in this. I, there's a chance yeah. Cam Akers is like fantastic over the next. What about Antonio Gibson? No, no one's picking him. I mean, he's in there. He's in that. He's in the conversation. James Robinson, he's got to be in the conversation. Dude has been no, awesome. Right. Dondre Swift. He does not have to be in the conversation. Jonathan Taylor has such recency bias. He's the We're picking yeah. the guy in the burn like book. like one good game, dude. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is the answer for me. Okay. All right. I'm going to stick with Clyde. I'm sticking to Clyde. All right, we got another... I want to read a very interesting email we got. Dear friend, I am in need of your assistance. My name is Aisha Gaddafi. I am the only biological daughter of late Libyan president, late Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. I have an investment fund worth 27.5 million (laughs) US dollars, and I will authorize you the ownership of the funds... I am interested in you oh for investment God. project assistance in your country. We can build a business relationship in near future. Did we really get this email? We got this email. <laughs> what do you... Uh, oh, it says, best regards, Mrs. Aisha Gaddafi. Oh, that was nice. What, do you, uh, what do you guys think? At the end? Uh, sounds like quite the I mean, opportunity. I, hope you, I hope you sent our credit card information already because this sounds like a great idea. She didn't ask for any credit card. She just wants to help us. She wants to trust us with the 27.5 mm, million Trying to get that foot in the door. If she can help us with our million dollar lineup, that's I mean, what I was saying. I can't. I don't think we can pass up this opportunity, you guys. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it on it. But anyway, friend of the pod, Mrs. Aisha Gaddafi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Why, why, let's get a couple wide receiver questions. This is a question from West Weston. He's wondering about Chase Claypool against the Bengals this weekend or Ceedee Lamb against the Niners. Stick with the rookie theme here. Yeah. Uh, I These, this I is tougher than it CeeDee should Lamb. be. Yeah, I cannot right. trust Ceedee Lamb. And my instinct here is, I understand Chase Claypool's had two pretty bad weeks in a row. I would play him against the Bengals, and I would not play CeeDee Lamb against the Niners. Yeah, at the end of the day, are you going to put your trust in Andy Dalton or Ben? Yeah. On a good team or a bad team? I don't even think it's that as much as a, you want to be going against the Bengals or against the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Niners haven't been great. They've actually been in the bottom third of the league. They just got shredded by Buffalo. They just, I mean, but I, I think I'm just, I like Claypool. I think that the Steelers are going to kill him. I agree. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is the longest rest Pittsburgh's had in like a month <laughs> a before a game, and it's only seven days. Other than the the month between the Thanksgiving game and whenever they played on a Wednesday or whatever. Okay. Another question from Sam is Amari versus San Francisco or Tyler Lockett versus Washington, which is a great matchup between two perpetually disappointing people. Yeah, you know, I just preach that you should take the quarterback in the team, yet I'm not <laughs> that crap when I take Amari Cooper or Lockett's been so bad. <laughs> We're such Lockett haters. It's crazy. I am a little bit worried about them going up against that defense. The Seahawks going up against Washington, though. I think I lean Amari in this. I one would too. also lean Amari, which is crazy to say. But we talk. Well, we're sticking to our word here. It's like if Tyler Lockett didn't do it against the Jets, I'm worried. Yeah, I think this is like going against the grain. But I, I would probably go with Amari. I think so Watch too. Lockett. Lockett guaranteed is just going to go off this week, probably after all this stuff. But yeah. All right. I think this is a very us podcast question. DK. Uh, this is from Nick. He has DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, and Mike Evans. It's four guys. He needs to pick three. Who are you benching? Play DK. You play Allen Robinson. I think this comes down to Woods versus Evans. Yeah. I would go... I think the Galaxy brain plays you bench Robert Woods. I think you have to bench Bobby Trees. Because they're just going to run the hell out of the ball against the Jets. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bench Bobby Trees. Yeah. Wow. But then you're going to feel so dumb when like he has 
his best game of the year on the, yeah. against the Jets, and you're like, well, that that's obvious. Yeah, that'll suck. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's like my initial thought is I I think we're getting cute with it, but I would sit Woods. I think that makes sense. Okay, this is a great question from Eric. If you don't have a great quarterback. How do you feel about starting the quarterback of your opponent's best receiver as a kind of hedge against the receiver mm. blowing up? I'm in this position right now. I have Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. I think Brady is probably a better play, but my opponent has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and also passing touchdowns are worth six points, which is a good league. Since is quarterback is probably my weakest position, I'm leaning towards starting Matt Ryan. What do you guys think? You know, everybody talks about how it doesn't matter, right? Like you should just play the best players. Has that officially been proven that like <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to separate in your brain the fact that having Tom Brady will at least or starting Matt Ryan will at least mitigate Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones going off. Like, is there any truth behind that? No, I think you're right. There's a mathematical answer here. I don't know it. I know that emotionally Matt Ryan's a great, extremely smart to hedge because then it just doesn't hurt as much. And really, I don't know if this will help you win, but it will help the pain feel less. And that's really what this is all about. No, yeah, it's, it's it's fantasy. I've come to learn is it's all about pursuing glory, but it's also understanding that ninety percent of the people playing will not win, and it's trying to make that as not painful and it, minimize the self hatred as much as humanly possible. There's really nothing like fantasy football. Like everything out there, there's like a million replicas of it. There are not many things in life that are like fantasy football. It's a very <laughs> unique experience. Honestly, this actually gets the the bad beat hits on this. I, I almost want to skip ahead because the bad beat just hits. Let's just skip to it. The bad beat is so funny this week. Wait, did we answer the question? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I think, no, Matt Ryan, (laughs) I think that's actually a really good idea. If, I'll I'll say this, if Julio and Ridley are going, I think it's it's a better thing than, if Julio doesn't play, I would go with Brady, though. I agree, because the offense sucks without Julio. Brady is the very, very clear... He's very clearly to me the better option here, but I like this strategy. I think it's very interesting. I like it. Yeah, screw it. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to read the bad beat because this is so we so obviously for bad beat, we got a lot of great emails about the Browns Ravens finish, which was unbelievable. I had a playoff game almost tilt on that last play. But but this Man, one of the craziest backdoor covers I've ever insane. seen. I mean, millions so of dollars swung on the uh, in Vegas on that millions of dollars in DraftKings. Scott Van Pelt like, was just laughing. Yeah, it's just it was crazy. So we got a lot of emails about this. And this was my favorite. This is from Brad from Birmingham. Brad writes, So Monday was my wife and I's first anniversary. Congrats. We went, we went to a cabin the weekend before to celebrate, but it's still our first anniversary, so it's kind of a big deal. But you know what? It's also a big deal. My fantasy football playoff game. I was up. Hell yeah. I was up 28 points and had the Ravens D, and he had Nick Chubb. Easy win, right? My wife and I had a quiet night in, so I was able to casually check my phone a couple times to see the score. Two first half touchdowns for Chubb. I'd be a little nervous, but I'm still up 12 points, so no big deal. It comes time to, quote, go to bed. But I checked the score <laughs> one last time. Wait, what is he saying there? Are they I think have he's sex? Is that what the, he's implying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's his anniversary time. weekend at a cabin. What do you think he's talking about? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, I just think sure. Yeah, it's his anniversary weekend at a cabin. They're going to go to bed. No, this he said he went to the cabin the weekend before. Now he's just at home. Oh, he's just at home. Oh, that's I still think they're having sex though. It's the bottom line. Our boy Brad, you're allowed to have sex at home too, (laughs) (laughs) not just in cabins. Anyway, continue. He had himself a Nick Chubb. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 
Okay, I'll see if I can. You're not going to let Heifetz read the rest of it. <laughs> it comes time to go to bed, but I checked the score one last time, and the Ravens' defense has negative four points. Oh, so no. I'm up only one point with about two minutes to go. And as embarrassed as I am to say it, I turn on the game. Wow. <laughs> Are we talking <laughs> mid mid-coitus here? The, the court okay. did not request documentation. Okay. Maybe we will. Well, listen, I, now that Brad is no longer with his partner, he is welcome <laughs> on this show. I convinced myself yet again that I have the game in the bag when the Ravens score to tie it and the Browns trot out Kareem. No way is Chubb touching the ball while they air it out down the field. What I didn't consider is the Browns scoring and the oh, no. Ravens D dropping down to minus six points. At this point, my wife is downstairs with me and I am staring into the void as my fantasy season and my wife's respect have both slipped away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a masochist. So before I try and get us back in the mood, good luck there. I checked the score one last time to say goodbye to the season. There are two seconds left and the Browns have to heave a Hail Mary. I put the game on my phone in bed to watch the last oh play. My and, after, God. and after all the <laughs> laterals and running around, there's a safety. I got two points and won the freaking game. I went from comfortable win to sweating it out to losing to a playoff win in about five minutes. I've never felt so alive. This has to be by far the best beat of all time. This is what fantasy football does to us. On our anniversary night, I have my wife asking me to come to bed, but I'm preoccupied with a bunch of dudes playing a football game in Cleveland. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and don't worry, after pulling out the victory from the jaws of defeat, we ended the night amply celebrating both. Yeah, that night, Brad had a good night. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was a little graphic, but I like You it. made it graphic with your Nick Chubb joke. <laughs> wow. Wait, Brad touches on a great point, man. It, it 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 takes over our lives way more than it should. It's it's invasive. Yeah. It permeates through our veins. Yeah, I have to say, as we were prepping for fantasy this week, like usually, you know, we're trying to be professional about this and like help people and like research stuff. And this week, once the playoffs started, I was like, I only care about myself. It's me and my problems and my teams. And I'm like, I have to win. And it's just, it's it's effective. Maybe right, an addiction. Yeah. Okay. On that note, we got an email from Cameron. Here's my dilemma. I have two spots for three players. Bobby Trees has been doing me right all year, but I think I might bench him for Josh Jacobs and Cam Akers. As much as I want to dance with who brought me, who would be Josh Jacobs and, and Robert Woods, I'm excited by the new piece I got, Cam Akers, and I'm matched up against my wife in my other semifinal. It's her first year doing fantasy football, and under your advisement, she also took Robert Woods. Is it worth going with the riskier combo of Josh Jacobs and Cam Akers just to free up my rooting conscience against Robert Woods? So basically, he'd be going against Woods <laughs> in one of his leagues, having him on the other in one of his other leagues. Ugh. How do you guys feel about this? The emotional hedge... Of going, of making a start sit de uh, decision based on knowing you'll be going against one of your own players. This is tough. So his choice is to either put all his eggs in one basket, or it's to have one team not do as well or one team do great. Right. Well, in theory. In theory. Yeah. But I think it's really about the we the bizarre sensation of like when you have one player in your team and they're going against you, and then the player does terribly or well or scores a touchdown or drops a pass and you don't know how to feel right there are the, have <laughs> we found have we landed on a word for that emotion yet when like when in the scenario robert woods catches a 40-yard pass and you're happy and sad at the same time no we really <laughs> need that well someone else submitted a word for 
someone else submitted a word about this. We got an email about. Let me get to. It. I'll just. I'll just read it right now. So, Schadenfreude is a common emotion in fantasy football, um, which is basically you revel in someone else's despair. Right? Isn't that essentially yeah. what Schadenfreude is? Uh, what's the name for a fantasy football specific opposite? The misery that comes from watching your player on the bench have amazing games, especially when those mm. points would have won you your championship. He proposes, John proposes, Schottenfreude, because I feel like this happens to a lot of Seahawks players. Obviously, this is a shout to Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer, Schottenfreude. That's a good punch. <laughs> so that's good for when someone's on your bench, but we do need an old German word for when you have player going with you and against you, and they score, and you just feel a mix of every emotion and also nothing and emptiness. So we I need the Germans know. come at us. You made it. You yeah. gave us the vaccine. Give us a word now, please. <laughs> there we go. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We got another email along the exact same lines, and this is from B. Jeers. He says, my favorite German word of all time is Verschimbesserung. I don't know how to <laughs> freaking do it. Verschimbesserung? Verschlimbesserung. The point is not that you nail the word. I don't think that's the point of this. <laughs> The definition is an attempted improvement that only makes things worse. I love this. The German word thing is hilarious. Uh, and he says, this is, Jeers says, listen to the word as you set your lineups in the playoffs. The irony is that's what you were doing as you were pronouncing the word. Attempted improvements that only made it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that the meaning of that word kind of captures when you when you swap out somebody and they Kill it on your bench? Like when you try to bench Russell Wilson for Mitchell Trubisky. Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? <laughs> Hold on. We got to go back. We got to go back to Cameron, who is talking about the Robert Woods situation. Does he start Robert Woods and deal with the... I think you do both and you try to middle it. It's not like the Matt Ryan thing where you're like, all right, it's 60% Brady does better, 40% Matt Ryan, but screw it. He is Julio and Calvin Ridley. I'll go Matt Ryan. It's like, I get like the emotional aspect there. This one, it's like, you still want to win. Like, unless he has a better option than Robert Woods, you, you, if it's like 50-50 and you're on the fence, that's a solid tiebreaker. Well, he's telling you what it is. He's got Josh Jacobs and Cam that he could start instead of Woods. In that case, I actually think that I would do Josh Jacobs from Cam because I actually think Cam outscores Robert Woods this week because I think that the Jets suck and that the Rams will probably be running the whole game. So I actually do think Josh Jacobs and Cam for this situation. All right, there we go, Cam. Cameron for Cam Akers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, this is Drew in Baltimore writes, I haven't had a defense score more than five points all year. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, jeez. I just can't figure it out. I played Houston last week, and that went to shit like Lamar. <laughs> oh, nice. That's, that's pretty good. Anyway, I put in waiver claims for Washington football team, Arizona, and San Francisco this week. Any thoughts? Any other good streamers? Of those three, Washington, Arizona, and San Francisco, I think it's an interesting question because the, the Washington's the best defense, but they're playing the Seahawks. I actually think I'd go the Niners, go against Dallas, even though the Niners are kind of banged up. I mean, that's tough, but... You're going up against a backup quarterback? Yeah. It's not like Dalton is really great at protecting the football. I could see him turning the ball over. 
I, I would of those I'd pick San Francisco, but quite frankly, the crazy one is that Cleveland is only half rostered in ESPN leagues. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They've gone down 40%. They're playing the Giants this week. Daniel Jones is back to turning the ball over. I would 100% want the Browns. I know they're banged up in the secondary. I don't care. Daniel Jones has as good of an opportunity to give up a pick six as any quarterback in football right now, or or a fumble six, whatever. So I, I, I like Cleveland if they're available in your league. And also the crazy one, I kind of don't mind the Dolphins against the Patriots. Mm, like oh, yeah. if you, if you really need some of the Dolphins are kind of they might be out there in your league like that's just you could do worse than Patriots Miami. Offense right now is just a mess. So yeah, absolutely. All right, should we get to the best man speech stories that people sent us? Yeah, so run down oh just in God. case people didn't listen to Monday. If you didn't listen to Monday, how did we even get into this? Josh Jacobs cuz Josh the Jacobs thought he was being hilarious and that made, and that reminded me of all these idiots who go up and give speeches for uh, weddings or whatever the first the best man speeches and how terrible they are and how funny they think they are and how terrible and, and how no one else thinks they're funny that was basically like the it's just guys who get up there put their foot in their mouth so then we ask for emails turns out a lot of people who listen to this show <laughs> know about some bad best man speeches some of them we can't even name on the show because I was they're so say, bad. Well, there were a few that we decided probably better not better off not reading on, on the then show then us 20 you. bucks and we'll send you that email <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that um, anyway, so this one's from Redacted. He he asked that we do not read the name. He says, Which "I was is in a great friend's way wedding to start the email." Years. By the way, do not right. read my name is how I know it's going to be a funny email. <laughs> okay, so I was in a friend's wedding a couple of years ago where his brother was the best man. We were pretty sure he was going to pull some stupid shit because he is generally a train wreck and has very little <laughs> self awareness. God, oh my god! Sure enough, he delivered. He proceeded to tell us a story about how he introduced the bride to the groom and recounted the details of the night. This went on oh, for god. about twenty minutes. The 20 minutes part is the co- very key context to this to this story. There was only one problem. Time. None of it was true. None of it was true. The bride and groom met in college 500 miles away from the best man with many of us in attendance at the wedding there. At the end of the story, he started to drunkenly giggle and just ended his speech. Just kidding. I wasn't there. That was it. That was the speech. <laughs> 20 minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, listen. Listen. If this is a good prompt. Like, he did a good job. He just went way too long. Like, this would have been funny if it was two and a half minutes, maybe five minutes. 20 is insane. <laughs> I don't think it would have been funny at any length of time. You stand up and you're like, I remember when they met. And then you're like, no, nah, I wasn't there. Like, that's Yeah, you're probably right. It's a bad ridiculous. joke. Okay. At and least then- it's not embarrassing. I, you know, the ones where you, like, call out somebody's past or when it gets really rough. Yeah, DK. What are the other ones DK spoke to you? Okay, so this next one is actually pretty funny it, and from James. And, and the way that he presented this in the email was pretty hilarious, too. So good job with the storytelling. Okay, so this, the context is this is the groom's second marriage. In between marriages, he lived with a roommate. Um, when they got to the speeches, the roommate walked up to the microphone. Now, let's start with the fact that the roommate was not the best man, nor was he even in the wedding party. He started with, I would just like to say a few words about the groom. It went okay for about a minute where he said he had lived with him the past few years and he's been a great friend. Then it broke down badly. Among the highlights, he kept repeating that he loved the groom and he was sad to be losing him to his new wife. He was in absolute tears when he was talking about the love, his love for the groom. He recanted many of their attempts of picking up women and trying to pick up women while they were roommates, which is exactly what I was talking about. This is not funny at a wedding. <laughs> Don't do it. If you think it's funny, it's not. In front of the, the bride's parents. That's <laughs> oh a good move. <laughs> Idiot. He went into extended diatribes about how he had lost his job a few months ago and was having a hard time finding work, which Danny probably would be cracking up about. He went past the point... <laughs> 
He went past the point about his job to offer his painful outlook on the economy, which I just, he's just going off about the economy in his, in the speech in a wedding. It's worth repeat, it's worth repeating that he'd come back to how much he loved the groom and he didn't want to lose him to the new wife. It's also worth mentioning that this went on for just over 40 minutes. So double the last time. Oh my God. He was, and, and James says he was keeping time. Even though the best man and even though the groom tried to politely take the mic and thank him, he just kept on it. And uh, then James goes on to say, DK will know this trick, but I had a two-year-old daughter at the time, and I used her restlessness as an excuse to take her outside and get away from this chaos. I let her run around with a few other kids while talking shit, <laughs> or talking about the shit show with all the other smart and lucky parents that managed to get outside. After a few minutes, we went back inside. As one of the parents opened up the door, <laughs> the, one of the kids turned around and yelled, He's still talking! <laughs> we tried to make our way quietly back to our, stair- our chairs while everyone was looking at us, everyone except the roommate, who continued on for another five minutes before breaking down and leaving in tears. Wow. <laughs> that is an incredible story. That's worse than I could have even imagined. I just think it's the my favorite part by far is when he offered his painful outlook on the economy. On <laughs> the economy. <laughs> what is oh my god. He's like, well, you know, it's a great time to buy a home. Interest rates are low, but I, I don't have a job. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, one more and then it will be done. Because I just want to thank you for sending in some of these because I was like literally crying reading them. This one's from Andrew Watros at my wedding. My best friend of seven years was the best man. And actually, in contrast, this one sounds like a really great speech. So just keep that in mind. We didn't actually discuss the fact that he'd been giving a speech that he'd be giving a speech, but I assumed he knew proper wedding procedure. My wife's sister just gave a nice speech, and the MC calls up my best man, who was not prepared at all, and was already probably six on the intoxicated scale. So his best man's speech was, Wow, I didn't really think about doing this. Riley, you did good. Watros. It's a great last name. And that was the speech. <laughs> Watros. No, yeah, I like it. Watros. It's a great last name. Watros. That's actually a good. That's a good speech compared to that last one. I would take that. Yeah, any I'll take day that any day. Holy cow! <laughs> well, I, I'm confused with. though because he gave a speech. He didn't even mention about his outlook on the economy. <laughs> where was? It was like a speech. TED talk. Yeah, exactly. Who is this guy talking about the economy? What the hell Except is Except the TED talk is shorter. <laughs> Capped at 20 minutes. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Okay. I think we should get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. For everyone that actually made it through all this story. Yeah, oh my God. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent in these emails. We were really cry laughing. Thank you to Brad for Birmingham. Yeah, Brad. Happy anniversary to you and your, you your dog, Brad. You dog. <laughs> thank you to everyone. Thank you to DK. Thank you, Craig. Good luck to everyone in the playoffs. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, the Dan Band. Oh, the Dan Band. Wow. We'll see you guys on Friday.